What's up, people? I'm your host, Jay Gilmore, and I can't thank you enough for stopping by Jay's World. This episode is all about high school teaching. We're going to hear from some awesome, experienced veterans in the profession. I taught for four years at Stewart's Creek High School outside of Nashville. Shouts out to Kevin Dyson and Ann Collette, my two assistant principals who gave me my start in 2013. But before we dive into this episode, let's look back. Episode one was all about college life from an undergraduate perspective. Then episode two featured graduate students. Today, we're gonna hear from high school teachers, And next week, we'll move away from education and welcome some women in the workplace. I'm going to introduce you to some wonder women. And then episode five is going to take a look back at Michael Jordan and the last dance. We're going to finally get in some sports. But not before we meet some stars who mold young minds. Jay's World is brought to you by Gilmore Financial Services and 5G Media Group. Welcome back, world. We have more of Jay's world with some people who I respect in the high school teaching profession. We have Brian Howard, who I've known for more than 20 years. Uh, He teaches in Middle Tennessee. Brian, how you doing, man? Doing good, Jay. Thanks for having me. He's the senior veteran of this group. He's taught for 18 years at some different locations. We also have a 16-year veteran and Coach Robinson. I've known him. Coach Robinson and Coach Howard and I, we went to high school together. Coach Rob, what's up, my guy? What's going on there, Jay? Hey, man, glad you're on the podcast with us. And we also have from Tampa, Florida, Shakita Nichols. Miss Nichols, how are you today? We are good up here in Tampa. Nice weather. Everything's all good. It's always nice weather in Florida, isn't it? It is. It is. And we also have another Nichols, Curtisa Nichols. She teaches at a high school in Middle Tennessee. Curtisa, this is year 15 for you? 15. How are things your way? I'm good. You know, I wanna say thank you to you guys for joining me today. I taught high school for four years and I learned some things watching youth for navigate some things uh, throughout my small stint. I wanted to start with Coach Howard because as 18 years into the game would say, you have to like something about what you do. What introduced you to the teaching profession? Uh, really in, uh, in college, I had a professor uh, Dr. Charles Murphy, he was, uh, the way he taught was through storytelling and comedy. And uh, I just fell in love with that. I changed my major. I took every class he had and thought, I could do that. That looks fun. And I wanted to be around the kids. I always had a passion for coaching as well. Shakita, what is your journey into the profession? My journey was a little different. I started very early, eighth grade. I remember it. I had a teacher who was my English teacher. And, uh, You know, she pulled me to the side one day and she said, listen, you don't have to be a bad behind child. You can be more than what your product, what your environment is. There's more for you. And that was a turning point for me because I was much like many of the kids that I went across today. Um, And it grew within me and I knew that I wanted to be that light for somebody else who was lost. So it seems all fantastical and stuff, but that was my true plight into teaching. Coach Rob, I remember some years ago seeing that you had your master's degree. That was the motivation for me to go ahead and get my master's degree. What introduced you to teaching? Uh, High school. It was, heck, my junior year or so. Um, I started off wanting to do athletic training because I knew I wanted to be around kids somehow. And then when I got into college and figured that 
that wasn't going to work out, I went into teaching then. <laughs> Short and sweet, huh? Short and sweet. Curtisa, as a high school student or a college student, did you want to do something else besides teaching? Oh, yes. I was going to medical school. And so some bumps in the road happened, mainly a daughter. And I said, okay, I got to do something else. So I started teaching preschool and I had this teacher and she said, hey, you know, you really can't teach high school with a biology degree. And so I said, okay. So I went into teaching without being formally trained and I had to go back and pick up those classes. Shakita, what is your greatest joy in being inside of the classroom? It's that moment when my students realize that there's more to them than what they knew. Um, you know, I'm, I'm very strong academically in my curriculum. Uh, English is my, is my thing. I, you know, all things that are Shakespeare, I love. Um, but it's more than just teaching them that. It's teaching them life lessons. And I, every day I set into my classroom, we're going to learn a little bit of academic, but we're going to learn a lot of life. And so when I get that first day to that last day, or not even the last day, it just takes about nine weeks. They hate me for the first nine weeks. About after nine weeks, um, they know that I'm there to push them to be better in life. And that is a good thing. I got an email from a college student this week. Um, I teach journalism at the University of Memphis. And... Um, I actually made an error, a grading error. I required an assignment that would have three sources. And it would be a letter grade if a source was missing would be deducted. And this young man, he provided me with three sources for a sports story. And in my notes and my feedback to him, I thought to myself, I can only recall two sources. So I gave him a, a deduction. And he wrote me this response basically saying, number one, you missed my three sources. I did what you were asking me to do on the rubric. And then he said, number two, I have a problem with this. I feel like this is becoming personal between us. And I thought about that for a second. I didn't respond. I did go into my system and fix his grade because he had supplied three sources. But my reasoning for the story, Coach Robinson, is because it is personal to me. Whether he's a good student or a bad student, it's personal to me. We all take time away from our household for these students outside of school hours, whether it be academically mm -hmm. or athletics. It could be going to a prom just to make sure they have a safe mm -hmm. environment to enjoy themselves. What's your approach in a classroom, Coach Robinson? Uh, I like what uh, Shakita said. Is it's not all about the about the course content. Cause I teach business and business is God awful. Like, <laughs> learning business is God awful. The practice of it is fun, but learning about it is, is terrible. So I do a lot of like trying to connect it to life, which in a, a lot of circumstances, it, it's easier said than done. Um, so I take her approach um, of teaching more about life than the actual content itself and, the, and um, seeing those aha moments of how that comes full circle, that makes it all worthwhile. So um, that's what I do. 
or at least what I try to do, but I'm a, I'm a lot harsher than her, uh, her teacher would be, being a uh, smart butt. No, I just use the words, <laughs> the real life words. Coach Howard, for a new uh, newbie in the industry, I'm at year eight, so I'm six years beneath Coach Robinson. You have the most experience. How does one become teacher of the year? Um, two-time teacher of the year. <laughs> man, <laughs> correction. No, uh, I don't. I don't have a clue, man. That, that completely uh, caught me off guard because I'm a, you know, I me. Mean, I'm a simple guy. Uh, I got. I'm going to try to develop a relationship with these kids, and I'm teaching history, and they already come in there thinking this is going to be boring. I got another male coach teaching me a, a social studies subject. It's going to be worksheet. So. Um, while we're going to cover those standards, you know, that, that we have to cover, we're also going to have a lot of fun. Uh, I'm going to tell stories that keep them engaged. Uh, I'm going to show them my flaws. Uh, I'm going to really try to get their respect uh, early on in the semester and then try to have as much fun as we can uh, and do really my, my whole philosophy, philosophy is you two will appreciate this. Do everything opposite the way they did it when I was in high school. Because uh, Antioch was uh, – I didn't get much of value. So every day when they come to my class, they're going to laugh <laughs> and they're going to get something of value, I hope. <laughs> Good stuff. Curtisa, how do you keep your young people engaged? We do lots of hands-on. I mean, I'm lucky I teach science, so we have to do lots of hands-on things. Um, I don't particularly like the grade level I teach at this point. I like the content, but I don't like the grade level. So what I found is later on when they become upperclassmen, I really like them and they're able to come back and talk to me and talk about some things. You don't like them as freshmen? No. <laughs> no. I don't think anybody on this call right now. Negative. <laughs> that's why I love, I love my age group. Uh, I teach all juniors. And to me, that's, man, that's, that's right where you want to be. They're a little bit mature. They ain't got that cocky stuff in them yet that the seniors develop. So I love mm. the juniors. You know, I me, a, I'm, a, I'm, I'm a senior person all the way. Like, don't give me anything except seniors, because when I cuss them out, they're old enough that it's just <laughs> the two of us. We don't have to put mom involved in it, because I'm going to cuss Thanks. you out. <laughs> you know, I'm, glad, I'm glad you say that. So I, I don't know if I can recall many instances where I dealt with parents at the high school level, but I did have some parent dealings, and some of those were appropriate and supportive. Coach Robinson, can you give us some misadventures in education in terms of dealing with parents? Oh, Lord. Um, uh, I got in trouble this past year, actually. <laughs> um, um, one of my basketball players brought to my attention that one of my students had posted something on her social media account. And uh, she showed it to me. It was I want to say it was Snapchat or something. At any rate, on it it said, uh, does anyone hate Coach Rob? I do. So I asked her, um, I think it was like the next day I saw her in the cafeteria because I'm on, I have cafeteria duty. I was like, what's up with this? She was like, I was just mad. Um, so I put it on my on my uh, page, and I was like, hmm, that's interesting. I was like, all right, thank you. 
And that was the extent of the conversation. Well, me being petty, I went and got a t-shirt made <clears throat> that said locally hated on the front of it. And on the last day of on the last day of class where they were taking their exams, I wore the shirt and that like sent her into a um a panic attack. I never mentioned her name or anything. So like one of the uh, student, another student in the class, like Coach Rod, why you had that shirt on? We like you, we love you. I'm like, well, somebody in here doesn't. And that sent her into a panic attack. She went to, she wound up uh, asking to go to the office and um, her mother called the school and wanted me fired. Of course, our principal, he's great. Like he supported me. He was like, uh, you probably went too far wearing the shirt, but like, you know, as far as the parent, I'm, I'm handling it. You know, don't, don't worry about that part. And um, it's good. Well, at least I assume it's good, but we're there. Curtisa, let me come down to you and ask you, what's the most challenging part about your position in terms of dealing with parents? Do you have to deal with parents? I deal with some parents. Um, I think the biggest challenge this year is I have parents who are more, they pay more attention to the grades this year than I've had before. So their kids can turn in something late and they're emailing me. So here's what I do. Mm -hmm. There's a sign in my classroom that says, lack of planning on your part does not constitute an emergency on my part. So I always email the parents back and I tell them, listen, this came in late, I'll take care of it, but I'm gonna take care of everything that came in on time first, and then I'll take care of it. I say, it'll be taken care of by the end of the nine weeks. Don't worry about it, it's all good. And that makes some of them mad, but their kids should have turned it in on time. Agree. <laughs> in Tampa, Florida, uh, Shakita, is there a policy on late work or is it is it individually given out by teachers? Um, I think differently, if, if I'm recalling correctly, for Tennessee, you guys are a right to work state. Is that right? Where every year you're yeah. contracted back. Mm -hmm. The biggest difference, which, you know, it made me come back to Tampa, Hillsborough County, was that piece right there. Um, knowing my personality, I stay in hot water a lot. So in Tennessee, I was in a lot of hot water all the time just, just because of who I am and I wasn't changing. In Florida, we're not a right to work state. I'm tenured. I would have to do a whole heck of a lot to be fired. And when I'm saying a whole heck of a lot, there are kids that are teachers that are still here and they've done a lot of things. So it's a cushion for me. So when we talk about policies, I'm a little different than new teachers that are coming in who are not under that umbrella. Um, being teaching as long as I have, I have the flexibility to have my own rules and I have them. Uh, Ms. Nichols, the other Ms. Nichols is real nice because my policy would be, it didn't come in on time, it's a zero. Period, period. Point blank into discussion. You missed the deadline and that's life. In life, you don't always get to turn things in and it be accepted. Sometimes there are deadlines that you have to make and when you don't make them, this is a life lesson. And then I would tell my parents, if you really wanna teach your child how to be successful in this world, you should make them understand that, own that and work towards not. So we have light policies in place, but I, I do my own thing all the time. 
I followed that. You know, when I was at Stewart's Creek, I, I was of the TV news mindset, which means basically if the sports cast starts at 6.22, 6.23, if I show up at 6.25, I am going to be fired. Mm-hmm. So whether you were a ninth grader or a 12th grader, if my due date was April the 27th, that's the date I'm looking for. And I had some students that just did not handle that well. They got principals involved. They got parents involved. And I had some supportive parents, but I never had supportive administrators. Um, how do you deal with late policies in your classroom, Coach Howard? We got a, <clears throat> in our school, you know, they have a, a, a philosophy of uh, they get to make up just about everything. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. So yep. the way I handle it is yep. I have a tray uh, against the wall uh, that's it's for late work. And if it's, if it's, you know, one day late, half a day late, a period late, it goes in that tray. And I don't touch it until like right before grades are to be posted. And I do that kind of out of spite uh, because they're going to be, you know, we have the, the software where they can look at their grades and all the way up to the last minute they're stressing out because they haven't seen this thing pop onto their assignment yet. And then I'll get them put in there. Um, as far as grading that work, uh, I don't spend a whole lot of time. Um, and that's, this may be right or wrong, putting effort into grading those papers. And I'm extremely cruel in grading those papers for the late work. So it seems to work so far. Uh, Sometimes towards the end, when I start getting all the questions, when, when are you going to post my grades? When are you going to post my grades? I get frustrated, but that's how I try to handle it. That reminds me of a misadventure mm-hmm. in education Coach Robinson posted about a year ago that basically talked about, and this, is, this was my mindset at Stewart's Creek, I'm being told from administrators, Joey can do eight weeks of nothing, eight weeks of zero, and then turn in everything on week nine, Yep. I'm supposed to give this young man or young woman credit and mm-hmm. I can't do it. So th- at that point, at that point, it was time to get that master's degree and, and head elsewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't do That's, it. That's um we've been we're not this didn't come from the district, but you know how you can be influenced. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um well, I, when I was in the other school district, the the base grade was a 50. Yep. Whether you turned in work or not, you get a 50. Um, I've been told this year that, like, the, you don't necessarily have to, they have to wind up with a 50 by the end of the nine weeks, if that makes sense. You can give zeros, but by the by the times grade post, they need to have at least a fifty, which gives them a chance to pass at you know at the end of the year. It's crazy. It's crazy. I wish I could go to work and get half my pay. Well, <laughs> let me sit at the house. Now, it's don't go to work and get half of your pay. <laughs> yeah, my bad. I had to correct myself on that one. But yeah, let me. Let me lay up in my drawers all day. <laughs> and get half that pay. Get half my, my pay. And then when I do decide I want to go to work, you give me the other half. You know, I will say this in defense of my college administrators at Middle Tennessee State, West Virginia University, and the University of Memphis. That college professor is in control of that classroom. That college professor, I've been at three institutions 
And when it comes to grading, I have been supported. Um, you know, it's an island where you make the rules. And now that doesn't stop students from asking us the last week of the semester to take late work, but that's on a you basis. If you want to do it, you know, feel free to do it. But I've never felt pressure from an administrator at the collegiate level like I did at the high school level in terms of accepting late work. Um, and even now at Memphis, I mean, I don't even think some of those conversations exist. I think those conversations are between student and professor and the professor always has the last word. And it's even easier once that professor has tenure, but even being non-tenured, if I say, hey, and I, you know, my, my, I, my due dates are Sunday night, 11.59 PM. So I say, hey, if it's at 12.01 and it reads 12.01, I'm not even reading it. It's asking us to do more work. You know, it's asking us as teachers to do more work. I might not get to it until Monday morning, but at whatever point I get to it, if I have graded 17 students work and then you turn it in three days later, I'm supposed to go back and do double the work for the same amount of pay because you were late? Not going to be able to do it. Not going to be able to do it. Well, with so, um, that, before you go, but with that, on the collegiate level, it's their money. So basically, you're making a choice to throw your money away. That's your money, whether you borrowed it or whether you paid it out of your directly out of your pocket. On the other end, you kind of see why they made such a big deal over late work because, I mean, us as the public are paying us as teachers to do what we're supposed to do, which is to teach their kid. Now, whether you're teaching them life lessons and, and all, or teaching them content, the expectation is don't penalize them since you're being, since you're paid to do this. I wholeheartedly disagree with it. Right. Like I, I take the, I take the side of if you're not responsible, that's what you get. If I don't pay my light bill on time, they're gonna cut my lights off and then they'll ask me questions later when I'm pleading for them to turn them back on. I made a mistake, but you're gonna let me slide? Probably not gonna happen. So they have to learn that, they have to learn it early. And uh, I, I take the side that we're all alone. If you're late, that's on you, pardon. I'll let you next time. Do we do, and I'll just pose, throw a question out there. You know, I, I tend to think that it's not even just, we, you know, we talk about administration giving us the push to do it. I think it's actually not even administration so much as it is teachers themselves. We don't unite together and come under one distinct, let, let's band together and we are not going to. It's the ones that say, okay, I'll do it. And I just want to get the principal off my back. So it makes the ones that want to stand firm and say, I'm not going to do it, look like they're doing something that is detrimental or negative or wrong. And instead of us saying it's the principals who are pushing us in each school, if we band together as teachers and say, we're not going to stand for this, we're not going to tolerate this, would it change? I often wonder that. You know, we want to throw it off and say, well, it's not us. I do it because my principals say, well, you don't have to. You don't have to do it. 
I think that's a great point that I've seen at the high school level and the college <clears> level, Shakita, in terms of Miss So-and-so takes late work, you know, and then that puts me in a situation that I find, you know, I have to compromise myself if I'm beginning to accept some late work. Don't forget, we got to get these kids out of here because we have to keep our graduation rates at a certain level. Mm -hmm. So we got to push them out. No matter what we do, we got to push them out. Well, no longer like when all of us were in school, if senior failed, they stayed in school until they passed. Absolutely. You know, it's funny. I'm I gonna... now four years is four years. Either you right. or you out. I'm going to get very personal on this podcast because this is Jay's world. My ninth grade son is struggling. And I'm 100% certain he'll be a 10th grader next year. And he's never failed. And I failed the fifth grade. I did the fifth grade twice. I did ninth grade typing with Judy Fickle, Fickle twice. Like... <laughs> <laughs> they need to be held back if they're not ready. And right now I'm an exceptional typer because I took that damn class twice. But so I'll see him with a, when I see him with a 70, I'm like, bro, you know, you made a, you know, you made a 45 or a 50 in this class, right? Like they just giving you this 70 to help you. But that's a problem for me, the parent. I feel very insecure, and I do this. I feel very insecure giving him money to go to the damn cashier at Kroger. I'm very, I'm very, it's like, is he going to bring me the right amount of change back? And I'm talking about a ninth grader. I hope he's not listening to this, but if he is, this is life. Like, I'm, I'm very unhappy with his English, his writing, and his math, and his understanding certain concepts. And I know that his mom and his dad are applying, we're applying ourselves to help him, but the educational system is just pushing him along when I know he should have failed a couple of damn grades. Well, that too, um, but for, for me, since I'm in CTE, they want everybody to pass. So yeah, there's a, a whole bunch of mercy 70s because what that does, that creates a lot of work on us on the back end because now I got to go back and uh, like notify the parents. I got to give them makeup work, the same work that was assigned that they either didn't turn in on time or what I had a student this year. Yeah, I just do it when I, when I feel like it. And I have no choice but to to pass this student. So it's a whole lot of work on our end to just say, man, let me go on and slide this 70 on through so we can go on and get them out so we can uh, continue this cattle herding. Exactly what it is. And my level, it's frightening because if if I fail the student, there's a possibility I might have that same student next semester. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, I, and, I, and I have to consciously think about that. Do I want this kid in this class again? You know, especially teaching sports broadcasting, there's one sports broadcasting professor. So if he needs this, this class to graduate, he has to come back through my class. Now, why is he failing? Is he failing because he's applying himself and he's not getting it? Is there a personality conflict? But I have to think about those when I'm giving grades at the end of the semester and it's I don't like it. I try to put rubrics in place 
So where it's not even a thought process about me giving him anything, whatever they earn is what I'm trying to give them. Jay's World is brought to you by 5G Media and Gilmore Financial Services. Do you need your taxes done? Contact GFS at Gilmore Financial Services at Comcast.net. Curtisa, you guys haven't started teaching online, but you had to up you have to upload some stuff this week for online teaching? We had to upload um some things and luckily with biology the lady at the county she came up with some stuff that we were able to upload and then my department we just added a couple of things in for them now it's totally optional so i know half my kids won't even look at it they won't do it so i don't know what i'm gonna do for grades but that's where we are you better put them grades in before they shut us down three grades before we left and I was like okay so what am I gonna do with these three you know and we're not requiring them to do the work so I don't know what we're gonna do nine weeks just started they'll understand Shakita what are you being instructed from your department chair in Tampa <laughs> oh up here in Tampa we are up and running um, and they are required to do the work um, they're required to check in with every teacher on a weekly basis they're required to have workloaded. We are monitored. Our principals drop in on our online sessions. We are have we have Zoom sessions. We have online work. We are up and going. Mm. We so behind. <laughs> Ooh, we behind. <laughs> hey guys, you know we try to do this at another date and time that you three from Tennessee agreed upon, and Shakita told me that she had a class like a physical meeting, virtual meeting virtual at that time. And I was like, wow, I have a story I want to share. I'm going to share it last, uh, <laughs> but I'm going to go to Coach Howard with the most experience and ask you to tell us your greatest misadventure in education. Is there something that has happened in the classroom that stands out the most in the last 18 years that just blew your mind? Yeah, actually, uh, that's an easy one. Last year, um, I had the strangest day I've ever had in my teaching career. I had three things happen in one period uh, that I never uh, <laughs> dreamed of before. I walked in, I stand in my door, and I greet my kids each day with a, you know, what's up or whatever. Uh, and this was an inclusion class. Obviously, I won't say any names, and I had some, some trouble kids in there. Uh, so I would always have to keep my head on a swivel while I'm greeting kids at the door. Uh, as I swung my head in, I noticed a student standing on top of my desk with a staple gun, <laughs> shooting the staple gun at the window. I said, young man, you know, in a certain tone, and got him down and went to take care of that situation. Uh, as I came back, I got into an administrator and I came back to my classroom. Uh, Coach Bowers, you know, uh, one of my good friends, uh, had taken the liberty to begin teaching my class while I was gone. Uh, a bunch of weird stuff about me. He was drawing pictures of me and just being silly. And of course I wasn't in the mood, so I was, get out of here. So I finally get started with my lesson and a knock on the door. And it's a young lady uh, who wants to talk to me privately about how, how she should come out to her parents. And I said, sweetheart, I'm not the one to talk to about that. Have a good day. And I sent her on her way. And I came back in, the bell's about to ring, class is almost over, I'm frustrated and I apologize to the class. You know, today was not smooth, I'll, I'll do better. Young man raised his hand. I said, yes, sir. He said, can I make an announcement? I said, why not? And he announced that he had been uh, 60 days sober and the bell rang and they all left. 
And I went and sat at my desk and thought, what in the world am I doing? <laughs> it was wild. Look at God. <laughs> <laughs> in one period. One period <laughs> last year. Staple gun, uh, inappropriate conversation, and a, a, a sobriety announcement. <laughs> what about you, Shakita? I think the one thing that stands out the most is I had a student who had a water bottle and she was thirsty. She was drinking all class period, 45 minute block. And she was real thirsty by the, almost the end of the class period. She had drank the whole water bottle. I'm like, okay, good. Intake of your water. Next thing I know, she's vomiting all over the floor. Mm -mm. Like, Are you sick? I walk over to her and it reeks of vodka straight vodka she's downing out of the water bottle all class period i'm like you didn't even sip it slowly throughout the day you just downed it in one period before she was rushed alcohol poison taken to the hospital and explained to me unreal go drop well i'll give you a, just the latest installment heck um we were um planning a field trip and one a girl that was going on the field trip she came in because rob who's going on this field trip i was like why what you got beef with somebody and she was like i don't know maybe i was like what kind of beef is it hamburger is it steak is it is it a new york strip of filet mignon and she was like is that beef <laughs> And this is a tenth grader. I told I told her, go ahead on, get up out of my room. <laughs> Curtisa. Um, I guess mine was my very first day, my very first school, teaching in the hood. Now I'm from the suburbs, but I'm going to the hood to teach. And the kid comes in my class kind of high, and I'm like, oh, okay, okay, sit down. Take roll. He doesn't answer me. You had to ask the kids, what is this kid's name? Still not answering me. Finally, he stands up and starts staggering in my classroom. We had to go get someone. He had taken his grandma's um, whatever opioids and had OD'd in my classroom very first day. Luckily, his cousin is an SRO or campus supervisor comes in and smacks the mess out of him. And they take him out there like, oh, okay, yeah. He wasn't even supposed to be in my class. Very first day teaching in the hood. I was like, I'm done. Oh, wow. And I stayed. <laughs> yeah. And then 14 years later, you're still teaching. I am. I am. <laughs> One of the things that resonates with me is I had this group of about 24 students that took a test. And I was trying to grade the test and I couldn't make out the handwriting on one of the papers. Couldn't make out the name of the student. And the reason for that was because this ninth grade young lady misspelled her name. She misspelled her name on her paper. And when I told her about it, like, because you know, sometimes if you can't read the handwriting, you can do process of elimination to figure out, Brian Howard was here this day, he did this assignment, he didn't put his name on it. This is Brian's. I struggled for my entire planning period trying to realize who this paper belonged to. And when sixth period started, I taught freshmen sixth and seventh period. 
when that period started and we went around the room to get this figured out so she could get credit for her work. And I found out that this young lady misspelled her own name. I was done. I, I was, I was, if I were posting misadventures in education on Facebook, that would have been there that day. It would, I saw this young lady about a year ago working in the workforce in Tennessee. And it, it took me a while to remember her. I only had her for about nine weeks. This was when they, they would go to each CTE teacher for nine weeks at a time. So I didn't have her for a long period of time, but I had her long enough to know our educational system needs to be better. Hey, Shakita, how does Florida pay compared to Tennessee pay? Tennessee pays more. Wow. Tennessee pays more, but um, I think we have a lot more um, flexibility here in, in Florida than you guys do. We have a lot more control um, over the kids that we can opt to teach, we choose to teach. Um, we have more rights with our grades. Um, we don't have to pass kids. I only teach seniors and that's all I'm going to teach. And I failed a senior last year. He didn't walk. Um, it, it is what it is. <laughs> so oh, you got to kind of, would you say? I said that poor little fellow. <laughs> yeah, he actually came to the graduation with his cap and gown. I said, bro, you didn't make it. <laughs> <laughs> I told you to stop sleeping in my yes. class. You didn't make it. Yes. He had his family and everything there. I said, bro, you're not walking. Yes. <laughs> Wow. And, you know, so he, did do, right he did do the summer school graduation. So he took the class during, not with me, but you know, but hey, he didn't walk. I admire that so much because all five of us have taught high school in Rutherford County, Tennessee. And there is a such a mandate to get that graduation rate to 98.7, 90, you know, it's so high, but it's so high because it's manipulated. Right. It's manipulated. But I think that's senior. across the board, Captain. That's that's across the board. It's not in Tampa. No. Well, I know from where I was and where Brian came from, that's across the board. Curtisa was there too. Curtisa used to teach in Metro. Yes. Across the board. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> now I'm not saying that we don't have you know, where they don't want us to do certain things. I'm not saying that now we're, you know, they, they're, they, you know, we're all school grade. We're all let's, let's, you know, get our graduation rate up. But the difference is if I decide not to, I'm still going to have a job next year and there's nothing you're going to say about it. And that's the difference. Mm -hmm. You know, I may never win teacher of the year. I haven't yet. <laughs> Because I refuse. Two times. I'm probably never going to breathe. I'm not even going to get it one time, let alone two times. But that, you know, that's the difference. I want to ask you guys about people getting let go. And I'm going to tell you my story because this resonates with me. I remember one year a white single female just went through a divorce, purchased a new house. And she was feeling really good about herself and she was in a good space. Husband's gone, she's single, good job, good school, so we thought. And I went to go eat lunch on like the last day when they notify teachers that you're not coming back. And when I had a back door to my classroom, so I come in the back door 
and I hear this grown ass woman bawling in a hallway because a principal had just let her know your services are no longer needed here. And she taught in Metro for X amount of years. She taught in Rutherford for X amount of years. So she's assuming I'm getting ready for the summer. I'll be back. I was devastated. This might be year two or year three for me. I was devastated. How do you guys feel high schools hire, handle the firing process or letting people go at the end of each year? Well, I know like for us, we don't find out to almost the end of May. And I feel like if you know, especially when we have to turn in, if we're going to return in March, if you know you're not going to keep somebody, go ahead and just tell them that. Instead of waiting till the latter end of May, then you're telling people, okay, we don't want you back, but they're assuming they're coming back. At least give them opportunity to find another place to go. Mm -hmm. Have you been caught off guard by anybody leaving your shop, uh, Coach Robinson? Yeah, I was. <laughs> Which school? <laughs> now, now with, like, uh, at another, where, where? I, I, um yeah when there was a coaching change i was assumed to i was i was automatically assumed that you're gone too i wasn't given an option mm. but you is it is it is it the is it the case that if you have tenure the district has to put you at another school or something like that mm -hmm. any surprises with you coach howard yeah, I was let go from my very first teaching job. I uh, in a county close to us, uh, but the way it went down was what was so cowardly to me. Mm -hmm. uh, they wait until you know Friday afternoon, the last week of school. Uh, they call people in in secret. Uh, in this case, I was actually called in and told I had a job. I was going to be back. Uh, picked out, showed me my schedule for the next year. I kept my keys, so I'm leaving stoked. In the middle of the summer, I got a call uh, from Human Resources, not from the principal, from Human Resources. No, it was not the middle of summer. It was about two days before in-service started. Uh, and they informed me that I, I was not uh, gonna be renewed. At, and I was a newlywed, just got my first condo down in Antioch. That was a nightmare. It ended up being a blessing because I fell to a good place and made a lot of good connections. But it was just so shady the way the whole thing went down. And they still do it that way today it's uh i hate it i know in the, in the in the private sector sure the boss man can come in and fire you anytime they want to but in something like education where we're getting this feedback and we're getting these observations and my feedback and my observations are positive there is no hey do better at this you know make these adjustments it's just we got you and we need a new coach we need a new whatever and they teach your your position so you go yeah, I think that blue is kind of hard when you believe that you're doing all that you should, you know, and then at the end, you're just hit with, well, nope, we don't need you for whatever the reason is. Like, the devalued. Mm -hmm. Well, I'll tell you what, as a high school teacher for four years, I admire you for. Um, as a parent, I admire you for. Uh, I'm grateful that you would take the time to share your experiences with me and just visit for a little bit. You guys need more money. You guys deserve more money. I don't know what. Well, it ain't coming this year. <laughs> definitely ain't coming this this go round. But I bet there's a lot of parents 
now that they yes. experience what we experience on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Hopefully that'll be a catalyst for them to lobby for us to get some, but we ain't getting none this year. Whenever it comes, if it comes, you guys deserve it. You deserve back pay. You, you put up with too much, too much that the parent doesn't know about, too much that the general population doesn't know about. But I will say we need you guys. So appreciate you, man. And guys and gals, uh, thanks so much for visiting Jay's World. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to Jay's World Podcast. Jay's World is brought to you by 5G Media and Gilmore Financial Services. You can email the show and suggest topics for an upcoming episode. Email jay at j.gilmore at memphis.edu.